The following is a Westminster Seminary, California morning devotion given by a guest speaker. The statements, views, and opinions presented in this message are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Westminster Seminary, California. For more information about Westminster Seminary, California, visit us online at wscal.edu or call 888-480-8474. That's online, wscal.edu, or call 888-480-8474. Good morning, friends. It's my pleasure to welcome you to chapel this morning. And our guest is Reverend James Lim. He is the pastor of Faith OPC in Long Beach and has been serving there since 2012. He graduated from WSC in 2004, and I just found out as we were walking in, it's like a reunion today because Dr. Barry, Dr. MacArthur, Dr. Bishop, Dr. Keel, they all overlapped at the same time, uh, so it's nice for them to be able to reconnect as well. Uh, Reverend Lim is married, and he has two teenage daughters, and we are delighted that you are here with us this morning. Thank you. Good morning. It is a, uh, an immense pleasure to, to uh, come before you and open God's Word and to give a chapel. It is, it, it is wonderful to just be back, and, and this, this uh, chapel is, is the source of much, much uh, joy and much tears during my time in seminary. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I just remember uh, professors just, you know, giving those those critiques, and, and deep down inside, I'm just like, my heart is being torn apart, and, and um, maybe that'll happen again, who knows, but uh, it is my, my, in, my uh, deep joy to be here, and I hope that uh, the Lord will bless uh, our time together and give us a spirit. If you would open your your Bibles with me if you have them. I, in this uh, uh, Easter season coming up in the next few weeks, I've been doing some meditations and considering uh, Jesus' death and resurrection and reflecting a lot on the experiences that Jesus had as he hung up on the cross. And so if you turn to me to John chapter 19, verses 28 to 30, I'll be concentrating primarily on Jesus, Jesus thirsting and crying out, I thirst, and what that means. Let's pray together. Let's ask the Lord for his blessing. Our Father, we come to you this morning, thirsty people. We come thirsty for you. Lord, would you help us to realize that nothing else in this world can satisfy or quench that deep thirst, that deep longing, the panting of our heart, except you and you alone. Lord, would you bless those who hear? Would you quench their thirst? Lord, would you be with me as I proclaim, as I share one thirsty Christian to another where to find the fountain of living water? Bless us this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This is the reading of God's holy word. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, 
he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Uh, One of the reasons why I chose this passage is it's probably been about the more than 20 years, a little less than 20 years since my father died of liver cancer. And in God's providence, uh, the last two months of his life, you know, I was looking for a call and nothing, nothing else to do. And so I was left Savannah, Georgia and spent two, two months with my father in his last days, um, in his last moments. And I remember spending nights in the hospital as the cancer ravaged his body and shut down all of his organs, particularly his kidneys. And I remember how thirsty my father was. I remember how dry, um, how he had that, that cotton mouth around his lips and how much I wanted to give him water and and he couldn't drink it. And I came to find out later that it was what, what doctors call the thirst of dehydration when all of your bodily functions shut down and your body can't rehydrate all of its cells. And no matter how much water he tried to drink, he was always thirsty. And I remember him asking for water and giving it to him, and it didn't quench his thirst. It was the thirst of a, a dying man. And, and as I consider this passage, it made me think about all the ways in which Jesus experienced that uh, for us and all the ways that we thirst. And so... This morning, I want us to consider as Jesus hung on the cross for sinners like you and me, he experienced the thirst, the thirst of our judgment, so that in the gospel, you might drink of him the living water and be satisfied. So what is, what is Jesus' thirst on the cross? What does that mean for him and for us? And that's what I want us to consider the first, the first thing it means is that it was a thirst of a dying man for dying people. It means that he was thirsty just like you and me. Right? Jesus was not only the Son of God. Right? That's so ingrained in us as, as Christians that Jesus is the Son of God, God of God, very God, light of light, begotten, not made. But he was also the incarnate God. God come in the flesh. God become man. The son of God and the son of man. Born of the Virgin Mary. And here we see one of the most poignant moments where we see the the real humanity of Jesus. He was thirsty for water. And it means that he, when he took upon himself our humanity, he once for all united himself in our humanity. And he experienced everything we experienced. The writer of Hebrews says that Jesus was made like us 
in every way, yet without sin, so that he might be a sympathetic high priest, a propitiation for our sins. And more than that, he identifies with us. And because of that, he can sympathize with us. And so he's sympathizing with us on the cross as he is dying. With all his wounds, right? Uh, I think um, when I have a paper cut, I feel like I'm just going to bleed out. <laughs> I, can, I just can't imagine having a nail thrust through my hands and feet and all the blood just gushing out. I think there's, uh, in it, when you see... Um, when you see people trying to commit suicide and they just have a little slice on those veins, it seems like it's a never-ending flow of blood. And how much more then, more so, um, when a nail is driven through it and the blood that must have poured from his brow because of the, the, the crown of thorns driven into his flesh and the spear that was plunged into his side and the water and the, and the blood flowing out together. And in his death and dying, in his suffering, he was dehydrated and parched, just like my father was. And he thirsted. He thirsted not only as a substitute, but he thirsted as our Savior. Not only was it a thirst of, of a dying man for dying men, it was also a thirst of fulfillment, of prophecy and promise. Why did Jesus become a man? Right? He did it in order to save us, not only in our humanity, through our humanity, but to declare who he really was, the Savior. And so he, he became a man and he took all of our humanity and that was focused in upon the condemnation and the wrath that he is experiencing on the cross. And he fulfills all of scripture. Over and over again throughout the gospels, he said, I came so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. And he was thirsty as a sign of the fulfillment of that promise and prophecy of salvation that would come through the suffering and death of the Messiah. He was betrayed and beaten. He was mocked and tortured and crucified like a common criminal. And you see throughout the Old Testament, over and over again, how the Messiah would suffer, Isaiah 53. Betrayed, and, and the soldiers would divide his clothes among them, Psalm 22:18. Pierced hands and feet, a crown of thorns he bled out. And in bleeding out, losing all of his, all of his bodily fluids, his, his, the water that hydrated him, he was being dehydrated, and he was thirsty. Uh, I, when, we, when you reflect upon Psalm 22 and, and put it against just the word, I thirst, you can see what Jesus is saying here. He is, I think he's meditating, continuing to meditate on Psalm 22 as he's hanging on the cross, experiencing it. It is the, the, the spirit of, of, of the, Holy, the Holy Spirit prophesying through David and Jesus being the fulfillment of it. Psalm 22, the Messiah that the, he, David says, the Messiah would be the one who is, who is poured out like water. 
whose strength is dried up like a potsherd, whose tongue sticks to his jaw, right, the roof of his mouth. If you've ever been thirsty, you know exactly what that feels like. And he lays in the very dust of death. See, thirst was a sign of death, deprivation, judgment, and despair. And, And because of that, we realize that it was also a thirst of God's wrath. In the Old Testament, thirst was a sign of punishment, which included the drinking of a bitter cup of sour wine and, and a, the bitter cup of God's wrath. Right? When alcohol goes bad, it turns into to, uh, sour vinegar. And instead of refreshing and, 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 and giving life, it became a bitter cup that only maybe satisfied temporarily or maybe just for a moment, uh, but didn't really satisfy. In Psalm 69, David wrote of how his enemies gave him vinegar for his thirst. Psalm 75, God's punishment comes in the form of a cup of bitter wrath drunk down to its dregs. His thirst was a sign of being under the deprivation and judgment of God. And he suffered the thirst of being forsaken by God, the bitter wine of his judgment. And the question, friends, brothers and sisters, is why? Why, why does Jesus describe his deprivation and judgment in the form of a thirst? I think it's because just like God made us with bodies, that need water. We are made in God's image to need him. That's the deeper, the deeper hunger and thirst of our souls for which our bodies point us to. That we were made to be filled with God and satisfied in him alone. We were made to hunger and thirst, not just for food and water, but we were made to hunger and thirst for God. To know him, to commune with him, to walk with him, to love him, and to be loved by him. As the deer pants for flowing streams, so my soul pants for you. O God, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. But when we fell into sin, when our first parents uh, ate of the forbidden tree, and in him, in his sin, we sinned all, we were cut off from that soul-satisfying fountain of living water. And we've been thirsting for him ever since. See, friends, this is what, this is what that deep thirst, that deep appetite, that deep hunger for something uh, to satisfy you, to quench that deep thirst. And this is what, what sin is all about in many ways, is trying to quench that deep thirst with something other than God. Have you ever thought about your sins in that way? That you're trying to satisfy a longing, a thirst, and, uh, and, you're, and you know, it's like, it's, it's like walking on your way to the drinking fountain and 
and, uh, and someone's selling you uh, soda. Somebody's selling you um, a, a, a power energy drink. That may not be good for you. I mean, it, see, it may be on the surface. It quenches your, your, your thirst on a superficial level, but you're still thirsty. And, uh, and so instead of going all the way to where the, where the pure, uh, clean, refreshing water is, you just stay there and you just drink uh, the, the junk that's in front of you. That's what sin is. Sin is the God side, we, us trying to fill that God-sized hole with anything and everything but God. We try to quench our thirst with material things. Sex, success, drugs, alcohol, other people, friends, uh, brothers, sisters. You're going into ministry and, and there are thirsty people all around you. You're one of them. And one of the, the, the hopes that I have for you as you're preparing for ministry, wherever God has called you, is that people are going to come to you hungry and thirsty. And the question is, what are you going to give them? A, a better way? You know, ten steps to this and that. Um, behavioral modifications for how not to do, how not to sin and how to do this and do that. Um, can, I, can I encourage you to consider that that deep thirst uh, for which they're, they're drinking in sin, that the only remedy is for you to offer them a cool, refreshing, soul-satisfying, quench, uh, quenching their soul thirst is to give them a deep drink of the living water of grace in Jesus Christ. You know, um, one of my mentors in ministry said that, um, you know, there are so many problems that people go through. There's so many things that, that people yearn for. Uh, there's so many, people are broken. They're hungry and they're thirsting for, for significance and joy and happiness and peace, identity, assurance. What do you have to offer them? If you don't offer them, if you think that people need something other than Jesus, uh, you have no place in ministry. Because that's not what they really need. What they really need for, for all the, the deep difficulties and, and needs in their life is Jesus. And so, um, for... For some of you who are going into pastoral ministry, um, you're going to want to, you're going to be thirsting for recognition and fame. You won't say it that way, but you're going to wish that your churches were a little bit bigger, uh, your people were a little bit holier. Uh, you wish that, that they came to the prayer meetings. You wish that they didn't fall asleep during your sermons. And that might be, you know, your fault. But, uh, um, but there's always something more that you're going to hunger for as a minister or as a pastor or even as a, a ministry worker. And um, you're going to be looking for, uh, you're going to be looking to quench that thirst 
uh, in many different ways. I don't know what, you know, I don't know what they might be. But friends, brothers and sisters, can I encourage you to, for you to quench your own thirst for significance and success. Quench that thirst by drinking deeply of Jesus. Not of how to do ministry better. I mean, oh, that's not a bad thing. But if you're not drinking deeply of Jesus, your people will not drink deeply of Jesus. They're going to follow the, the shepherd. They're going to follow uh, they're going to follow um, how you live out the Christian life. And if you're not drinking deeply of the, the fountain of living water and finding your deep satisfaction in him, how can we expect our people to do the same? And this is the heart of gospel ministry. Everyone in our pews, everyone around us, Christian and non-Christian alike, has a deep soul thirst for God. And the ministry of the gospel is helping your people find their satisfaction, their souls, uh, the thirst of their souls quenched in Christ. Give them the gospel. Give them Jesus. Anything less will not do. And here's why Jesus thirsted on the cross for you and for me. He experienced the sinner's thirst of suffering and death on the cross, bearing our sin and guilt and shame, suffering the wrath of God and the torments of hell. He suffered the thirst of a soul that was made to be satisfied only in God, to be cut off from him as he cried out on the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? to have been drinking so deeply of the living water of fellowship with his father and his father turning his face away and him hanging on the cross, bleeding, suffering and being unable to commune with God for that eternal moment. See, that, that's the torment of hell, I think. It reminds us of Lazarus and the rich man. That when he's suffering in hell, he'll do anything for that one drop of water. Matthew Henry says this, The torments of hell are represented by a violent thirst. In the complaint of the rich man who begged for a drop of water to cool his tongue, to that everlasting thirst we had all been condemned if Christ had not suffered on the cross. Jesus experienced the thirst of death and hell by experiencing it on himself on the cross, bearing it to the fullest and quenching the fire of God's wrath that you and I deserve. You see why Jesus cried out, I thirst. He suffered the thirst of humanity by showing us that he had a deep thirst in our place. He suffered the thirst of fulfillment as the promised Messiah in the fulfillment of all of Scripture so that every promise is yes and amen in him. He suffered the thirst of the cross to quench the flame of God's fiery wrath. Jesus then said, 
Jesus then experienced our thirst so that we might never thirst again as we drink the deep waters, the soul-satisfying waters, living water that we have in him, in the gospel. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within. If you sense, Phil Riken says this, if you sense a thirst in your soul for something that nothing else in this world can provide, then Jesus invites you to go to him and to drink what he has to offer. If anyone is thirsty, he said, everyone who believes in him receives the water rights to an eternal spring of fresh water. That the call of the gospel is meet the thirsty Christ at the cross and your soul will never go thirsty again. One of the things that I reflect upon um, and one of the regrets that I have in those moments when my father was thirsty and I'd give him water. Um, I wish I would had understood more deeply, more deeply that soul-satisfying thirst that I could have comforted my father a little bit better. Um, I did the best I could. Um, friends, brothers, uh, I hope uh, you will do better than I did. And um, and what really what hit me as I'm concluding these thoughts is uh, I was really helped recently by uh, Ray Ortland Jr. as he talked about. Uh, how the Lord refreshes us in the gospel through these difficult times. I've been really struggling in many ways. It's been a hard two years during the pandemic. And, and um, I realized that I've been uh, trying to quench my thirst in so many different ways uh, other than Jesus. And um, Ray Ortland Jr. wasn't able to be there when his own father was dying. And as the story, as the story is told, Ray Ortland Sr. gave parting words and blessings to all of his children. And Ray Ortland Jr. was uh, in England, and he called his sister up after his father had died. And he said, you know, what did he have for me? And uh, his, I think his sister said, uh, Dad said this. Tell Bud, and I guess that's, that was his nickname, tell Bud, ministry isn't everything. Jesus is. And it's all because Jesus thirsted so that you might find everything, that you might be satisfied. Your deep soul thirst would be quenched in him. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you for, we thank you for, we thank you for the cross, for the thirst that Jesus experienced for us so that we might be satisfied in him. Bless us, O oh Lord. Help us to live day by day, drinking deeply of Jesus and to share that with those around us.
Copyright 2022, Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and that you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.